Iowa everywhere. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode one of Making Mems here on the uh, Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network and coming to you live from the Channel Seed Studios. Jordan, this is exciting, buddy. This has been a long time coming. This is exciting for me. Very, very cool. Um, I love the Iowa Everywhere family and network of shows. And uh, how are you doing on this, this beautiful morning? I'm good. You know, this has been a a long work in progress trying to a lot of moving parts here. I actually obviously with everything that happened last year, I was with Jared and you know, me and Jared had a fantastic time together. I, I wish him the best in his future endeavors and I really yep. appreciate his his friendship. But um glad to it's kind of a funny story how we all kind of co-mingled yes. me and you. So I'm sure we'll get into that not here not too <laughs> shortly. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, it's uh man, it is. Should we just get into how this kind of came to be and how you and I met and everything actually met in person and not maybe on social media? <laughs> well, social media is the one thing we'll touch on here in a second. Oh boy. We gotta air uh, we have to air grievances. This is our Midwest Festivus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think it's a great story. And you know, I was up there. Um, people that know don't know, I ran a camp up in Northwest Iowa, just outside of Storm Lake, and I yep. uh, to your hometown. And you're kind enough to reach out to me, and um, we set up a time to do a podcast with each other. But um, before before I talk about that, we kind of we kind of just I just kind of met a lot of your friends out in that area, and you know I, I obviously my my girlfriend lives in Northwest Iowa, so I'm really appreciative of those small towns, as you know, and yes, I know sir. how much those are to you know the state of Iowa. But um, you know we just met a lot i met a lot of your close friends and one thing led to another that uh we we got a podcast together i was like man this is like kind of perfect timing i, I was like kind of searching for kind of someone else i wanted to do a co be a co-host with and you know i thought we hit it off i thought it was one of my favorite podcasts i've ever done was was with you because i oh. thought you did such a phenomenal job and um i don't know i i just felt like you say all the time god uh puts puts things there for a reason i think that was definitely yes, how everything happened that that week was kind of a you know silver lining for us to kind of get together and do this. Yes, sir. He does. He does have a plan. And uh, man, you were. It's not often that you. So okay, so we're in Iowa. Like it's Iowa and Iowa State. Those are like our pro sports because we don't have pro sports teams. And so when you reach out to someone who plays for Iowa or Iowa State, you know when you play sports with them, you're kind of like 
the big dog athletes in the state. So it's not often that they'll actually get back to you. You replied back to my DM quickly. And not only that, you gave me your phone number. <laughs> I was like, is this actually his phone number? He doesn't even know me. He's just giving me his number. But I texted you and sure enough, you reached out and we made a YouTube video together and a podcast together. And, uh, and one thing led to another and here we are. And I would like to say that I'm very grateful that you thought I was worth taking a shot on and to, Chris Williams and everyone else at Iowa Everywhere who had a hand in saying, yeah, we trust your judgment. Uh, let's give them a shot. Let's see if we um, got something here and can make it happen. I'm very appreciative of that. But, you know, you stuck your neck out for me, put in a good word for me, and uh, hopefully you'll be like a proud father someday. I won't let you down. <laughs> well, you're, you're more the age where you could be my father. That is true. However, everyone's been, always been calling me old, so this is fun. I can actually call I you know. old, so you're old. Yeah, and I even got the dad mustache to go with it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'll, I'll grow mine out again like I did this summer. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so I guess for those who don't know, if they want a little background on me, I'm a, I'm a farmer in northwest Iowa. I raise cattle. My dad and I do corn and beans and hay and, uh, all, and all that stuff. And so I'm a Iowan through and through ag and Iowa and the Midwest is in my blood. And uh, so that's another reason why I'm very happy to be doing this with the uh, Iowa Everywhere Network. Because, I mean, we're Iowa. We're the leader in ag in the world, in my opinion. And as a farmer, I'm pumped to be doing a, a podcast on behalf of that state. Yeah. And I think this will be a perfect segue into the whole. Here we go. Social... <laughs> well, you are you are a diehard Iowa fan. So I yes, think I am. that's important to note here. Um, but I think. The key thing here is I didn't rush any judgments with you. And what, oh, man. What I, what I mean by that is our good friend Matt, I'm sure, saw on the Iowa State side of social media. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a person that popped up on some old tweets you had of me. And yep. Whether, yeah, they it, believe, whether they believe it or not, I did know before I actually talked to you on the podcast and one of my things I was going to tell myself as I was, I've been transitioning kind of outside of the basketball world a little more, I, I was going to rush to any preconceived judgments about people had of me being a basketball player. There you and go. Thank God I did because you ended up being a good friend of mine and actually being a really, really awesome person. And you didn't, hey, I mean, you haven't called me a little loser. You haven't called me anyone that um saying joe toussaint should have started over me <laughs> oh <laughs> we man we won't get another ones but no i i appreciate your your friendship through these last you know few months i think we've had a great time we've done you know a lot of stuff together actually through the last few months and i'm um, really looking forward to you know what's to come with this because you know this is iowa everywhere we have a lot of we have a lot of diverse people in the state mm -hmm. and i think it's great that we're able to you know, co-mingle with a lot of these people that are farmers or all our athletes or all just fans of Iowa State or Iowa. And, you know, we have people in Iowa Network that is huge Iowa State fans. We have people yep. like Chris Hassel, where I don't know who the hell fan he is. I don't know <laughs> if he's Iowa or Iowa State. But I think this is just a great network. network and I appreciate it, Matt and, and Chris, um, for us doing this because yeah. this is what Iowa Everywhere is about, making, you know, two different people come together where you might've hated me back when I was a sophomore or junior, but the fact that we're, we're good friends, same thing like Chris, I might've hated Chris when I, when I was at Iowa or Chris might've hated me when I was at Iowa, but we're yeah. able to you know work together and be colleagues. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about this network. Yeah. You're uh, Oh boy. There they are. 
you're em, you're em embodying what Midwest nice is, and uh, that's what that's what makes me like you even more. So yeah, I used to uh, let's 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 be honest. Everyone in Iowa, for the most part, who doesn't play for Iowa or Iowa State, secretly wishes they had the talent to do it like you. And for some reason, we all think we can be keyboard warriors and 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 run our mouths and be mean and uh i'd like to say i'd like to think that i have most definitely matured changed uh through growth in my faith become a better person um and uh, you know what our story our friendship can be a story of redemption and how <laughs> you got to give people second third chances in life maybe um it is it is uh it is embarrassing to look back at things you do and say but all we can do is grow from it and learn from it moving forward right because let's be honest like who am i to talk about any of uh, the iowa basketball players who if we really tried would probably beat me like 11-0 every time one-on-one well (laughs) which you actually did (laughs) 14-0 technically two games to seven (laughs) yeah but I, I don't know. I, I'm just like appreciative of just how life has been working out for a lot of people. Cause I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing my brothers having a family and their kids growing up. I'm, mm-hmm. my life is kind of slowing down a little bit at this point. Cause we talked about it the other night. I, life has always been going full speed for me with basketball, being all yeah. over the place. This is the first time in my life I'm able to just sit down and just enjoy little things in life that I wasn't able to the past. 10 plus years so mm-hmm. i'm just appreciative of where we're at right now as a friendship but also where we're gonna go because like i said i want to reach out to you if i didn't think we're gonna have great chemistry with this podcast i know this is probably a little more personal information than you guys want to know yeah. in the audience out there but i think this is important because a lot of people need to be like you know how we're handling our friendship because i had a lot of preconceived notions of you and yep. um, we're able to have a great lifelong friendship now because i was able to move a pass up Yes, very, uh, very fair preconceived notions, but I'm glad that you took the time to get to know me. <laughs> well, same to you. <laughs> yeah. Same to you. Yeah. Um, all right. And it was, what was it like uh, eight months ago when I sent you a screenshot? I went to do something on Twitter and you were, you had me blocked. So clearly uh, I was running my mouth a little too much back in the day. And I'm glad that we can laugh about that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. That was probably the most important part. I forgot about that. You're actually yeah. blocked. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're doing a podcast together and I go to reach out to you on Twitter and I'm literally blocked, which is just epic. <laughs> oh man. Um before we before we hop into the basketball discussion, big game last night for the Hawks. I gotta know, you're an athlete. Are you a milk drinker? You know, I I used to be. Huge, okay. like huge. There's a story. Oh, well, this is not a story. This is actually happened. My brother Zach. He broke his leg when he was in about eighth grade. Oh, no. And my dad was big on, like, getting your growth spurt the most out of it. Obviously, I I wasn't a part of that in the family. (laughs) All my my brothers over 6'2". And Zach, he's 6'7". And while he was in his cast and his brace, my dad was telling him, drink a gallon of milk a day, drink a gallon of milk a day, drink a gallon of milk a day. And what do you do? He drank a gallon of milk a day. And within that time frame, I, I'm not joking you, he grew nine plus inches within a year. And my gosh, maybe I wasn't drinking that, that ped milk from the, straight from the cattle out there or yep. what, that's why it looks like I do. I think that, I think that was the issue. I think that's what he was drinking back in the day. 
Yeah, you got to get you get extra growth if you get right on the teat of the cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked because uh, I'm not a milk drinker. I think white milk is one of the grossest things on earth. If I tried it as a kid. I tried it like a year ago as an adult. I still think it's terrible. But I finally uh, I did a uh, a milk challenge. Some of my buddies were challenging me to do like a chocolate milk comparison. I was drinking Fairlife chocolate milk, AE whole chocolate milk, and I gotta say, AE whole chocolate milk is goaded out there. It is. It's like almost like drinking chocolate gravy. It's so mm-hmm. thick. But man, it it is good, and uh, and so I don't really know where I was going with this, but I just I wanted to get that food take out there, and uh, and ask you about milk as an athlete, and let people know that I think white milk is quite disgusting. That and olives, two things well, I just won't do. I will say this: white white milk in general. I don't know. I've never been able to drink like whole milk. I don't yeah. know what it is about it. I just I can't do it. It just makes me feel my tummy makes me feel weird. <laughs> Because of, I don't know if it's because it says whole milk and it makes me think of like a hard texture you're drinking mm. by being whole milk, but not, not good. Not good. Nope. Not good. Um, quick funny story about milk, and uh, and then people are probably gonna be like, "Okay, can you please shut up and talk basketball?" <laughs> I told my babysitter when we were young, I do not like milk. White milk is disgusting, and she apparently thought I was just being a whiny kid. And I remember we were having mac and cheese and hot dogs. And I said, please just let me drink water. I will throw this up. She forces me to drink white milk. What happens? Puked it up all over my mac and cheese and my hot dogs. And then she was an angry babysitter. She made me like clean up my own puke. And then after I warned her, like this all could have been avoided. You didn't have to make me do it. And so, and so I, I have the proof that I do not like white milk. Well, and Matt, Matt's in the background right now. I'm sure he's had his fair case of kids, kids throwing up and <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <out there. laughs> all right. Well, before we hop into the basketball talk, I want to bring up our friends at Terraplex Ag. They are a wonderful sponsor of this show and the Iowa Everywhere Network. Uh, Terraplex Ag. They are revolutionizing how farmers all over the Midwest are customizing drone applications. So I am a farmer, like I mentioned, and I can tell you firsthand that technology is take, it's not taking over, but it is definitely a huge component moving forward in farming uh, with drones and applying pesticides or maybe cover crop via drones. And so Terraplex Ag has um, gotten into that part of the ag world and you can uh, connect with Terraplex and see how their services and uh, the state-of-the-art technology works and will help you unlock um, the agility on your farm that you might need to accelerate productivity and profits on your farm. So tech, check out Terraplex Ag for all you farmers out there who maybe want to make your life a little bit easier. How fascinating is it that not I mean, technology in general, but the farming technology, isn't it mm-hmm. just, I mean, you're way more knowledgeable than I am, but just advanced, I don't know if this was an advanced technique, but the other day, I was driving through Western Iowa, and the the, sta- the haystacks were—I've never seen haystacks oh, yeah. <laughs> stacked like that before. I'm like, are people just being more advanced with technology these days to make that happen? I've never seen in my life. I've been in Iowa my whole life. I've never. Seen <laughs> that was a—I uh, wouldn't say that that's too advanced. That was a well put together stack of hay, though. I must say, uh, I, we do corn stalk bales, and I stack mine up. They most definitely do not look that fancy. Um, 
I like to think though my stack is my stack is pretty good. I'm one of those farmers. I'm not like just throw it over there. It's good enough. I don't care what it looks like. I'm like a I probably have an OCD problem. I like my things to look nice and organized when I'm getting the job done as well with it. But but yeah, that was a that was a wonderful stack of hay. And I told you that uh, when his wife sees that stack of hay, it probably it probably gets her going. She's probably yeah, proud you, of her man. He probably got laid that night for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Terraplex Ag, there you go. Use them. They're good for your business. All right. Huge game last night for the Hawks. Big early season game against Creighton. Uh, what's your do you have some overall thoughts about the game just to start us off here? Yes, I uh there's a few things I want to touch on. Obviously, the elephant in the room, Chris Hassel. <laughs> talking about attendance in the third game of the year and i don't even know what that tweet maybe anemic was too big of, i don't even know if that's how you say it but maybe that word was too big for me to even know what the hell he was talking about i think Chris, anemic is when you have like low iron in your blood i don't even know if that's if i'm saying it right but <laughs> around whatever the word was chris watch the damn game just watch the damn game Okay, no more, no more horrible takes for you. You're you're done. You're done for the season. We've had we've had we've had your fill already as Iowa fans. Your dad, you need to be more like your dad. Your dad just you you t- you tweet about him all the time about his text messages, and some are completely crazy and outrageous. But Donnie diehard. He, yeah, he's a diehard Iowa fan. Yep. Chris, on the other hand, Chris Hassel. I don't know if you're a diehard Iowa fan anymore. I don't know where where you're coming from. <laughs> How you grew up. I know you have all your Iowa athletic gear in the background of your um, Chris and Chris podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it might have to change the Iowa State gear. I don't know, Adam. Damn, he's been called out. He's been <laughs> well, called out. He knows me. I, I like to call. I like to call him out here or there. But just to keep him on his toes, yeah. let's, let's get those ten toes down on the ground. And let's get back to, <laughs> to reality here. Let's 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 start cheering the team on together. But, yes, uh, sir. Anyway, I know that was a long rant, but had to get hey, that man, out. You got to get it out. You got to get it out. Um, but no, I thought it was a great game. Great opportunity for, I know we talked about this, Adam, on the phone the night before. Mm-hmm. It was a great opportunity for the freshmen. I know people don't like to look at rebuilding years or just a rebuilding season in general, but to be quite frank, it might be that this year. And it doesn't have to be because I think what they have in the locker room is capable of making a big run late in the season. Mm-hmm. My only issue with the game, I think it was they played up to what they should have played and their standards. I think Fran was really happy. He wasn't okay, but he was happy with the effort that was there. Mm-hmm. My only concern was there was a couple issues. One, obviously the re- rebounding battle, that was something Fran was going to hammer home the, the night before, the two nights before getting ready for that game because Creighton has always been a really great rebounding team. Yep. Um, and the other thing too was Iowa took a lot of mid-range, long-range twos at them. I don't know mm-hmm. if you noticed that when you watched it, but oh yeah, I did. For whatever, for whatever reason, Fran, I know the reason because long-range twos are not high percentage shots. You're gonna make 25 to 35 percent of long-range twos. That's just the statistics of it. Hardly ever you're gonna shoot in the low 40s. Kirky had a great game. Um, oh yeah, he did. Fantastic game. But he took a lot of long-range twos, mm-hmm. and you're going to have games where they're going to go in, but you can't rely on long-range twos for you to be successful efficiently as an offense. That's my only worry because okay. if there is a game they're going to win on the road against a top 
top-ranked opponent, it was going to be Creighton because Creighton plays a lot of offensive-heavy schemes. So does Iowa. Iowa can run teams out of the gym just by on the offensive end. Creighton is not not that phenomenally sound as a defensive team compared to other power um, um, Big Ten or Mm -hmm. Power Five conference teams. But that was a game they could have won based off just offensive loan. And they played really well. I think they shot 50% from the field. They shot over 40% from three. Creighton shot 50%. It was a great game to watch. Um, But I think they they tweaked just a couple things. They would have won that game right there. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, man, uh, rebounding was something I noticed and wrote down. It's something I've noticed for a while with the Hawks. I feel like we give up too many O boards and those, man, I hate, I hate second chance points so much. Um, rebounding, I feel like rebounding is a, it's like a personality trade almost. It's a mindset. And um, you got to really, you got to really want to say, hey, I'm going to rebound for the sake of my team. I'm going to not allow these second chance points, especially a team like Creighton who, can light it up quick from pretty much every position can shoot. They're kind of like us. They, pretty much every position can shoot the long range ball, but I like how you broke down the the long range twos because uh, this is going to be the awesome contrast with our show. I'm watching it thinking like, nice, we're hitting them. It's going to set up other stuff. But then when you explain it, I'm like, yeah, if, you know, three steps back, let's make it a three instead of two, you know, you want, so what's like the range you want to keep your twos at? Are you like 12 and in or, or, or what's kind of the mindset there? There's always been a philosophy and great high powerful offensive teams. I know Fran thinks the same way is you want to shoot, you know, a threes or layups. You don't want to shoot to any mid range shots because they're mm-hmm. not high percentage shots. Is there circumstances where you shoot them? Of course, there always is. But for you to be a high power offense, like Fran has always had, you shoot threes and you shoot layups. Um, and the third thing I didn't bring into was they shot a lot of quick twos, a lot of yeah. quick twos. They didn't just. There's a difference between a good, a good shot, good quick shot, and a quick shot in general. They shot a lot of quick shots. If you saw the first nine minutes of the second half, they shot a lot of quick shots yeah. that turned into buckets for Creighton at the end of, of, of the other end. Yeah, coach always said it when I was there. Bad quick shots turn it's a turnover basically. It turns into a wide open layup or three in the other end. And you know, those are damaging yeah. in the long run because the game was a five point game with what out on thirty five to a minute left. So they're right yeah, there. It was like a minute ball. twenty left, five point game, and then oh man, we put up a bad shot and they went down and scored. Yeah. But I mean Right there, that those are changes that can happen. Date those aren't season long changes that you have to progress. I mean, they have the talent to be really good this year. Mm-hmm. I like, I really like the freshmen coming in. I don't know how I felt about the freshmen. Obviously, they needed to be subbed out because there's a 11 minute stretch, I think, where you know there wasn't a lot of timeouts or if any in this start of the second half. But yeah, um, they were in there for a long time. Yeah, the freshmen came in when they normally do with the subbing rotation. Um, but it was just a weird game just because of the non-stoppage of play. It was just back and forth so much in the second half that there had to be subbing, but there also had to be a balance where, you know, the, you don't want all f- four freshmen in and a sophomore, sophomore mm-hmm. in at a time, but Fran loves to do that and it's worked mm-hmm. for him for the year. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not someone to tell him what to do, but that's, <laughs> that's something that he really loves to do. And that's great experience for those freshmen. I mean, that, that stretch they had right there is going to pay huge dividends to them later down the road, later yeah. like, later in the season. 
Yeah, one thing I noticed about them is they didn't uh they didn't seem flustered. They weren't phased. They were still uh they're still taking shots, you know, looked like confident uh when they took the shots. Um obviously like you said, maybe some forced ones and that's stuff that'll come over time as they learn and get more accustomed to the flow of the game. But yeah, they didn't look uh they didn't look phased, they didn't look nervous, um, which was exciting to see. Um Owen Freeman, he was uh I think as he gets a little more comfortable and aggressive, he was pretty good down low. He was taking it right at Kalkbrenner a few times. And uh I don't I don't want to say the name wrong. I think uh Dembele or Dembele. I don't know how to say how it. you say his last name, Dembele. Dude, he's uh he's athletic, uh tall, he looks muscular, like he can get in there and scrap, but then he was stepping out and hitting some big threes. He's got a smooth shot. You, so, you know it's you know what's bad, Adam, when or you know what you're getting old when I didn't know a lot of the players. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know either. But you know, one game in, you're like, all right, I'm starting to figure out who they are. Yeah, I mean, they're they have the talent. They have the, the pieces they brought in. You gotta give credit again. I mean, just finding the talent Fran does. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I know I'm biased. You know, you can make the argue that um, TJ at Iowa State is just as good too because of the success he's had finding yeah. talent as well. But Coach McCaffrey, man, he just finds people that just know how to hoop and know how to play the game the right way. I doubt anyone was looking at Ben from, I think Ben's his first name. Yep. Um, Valparaiso. Yeah, Valparaiso. No one was really looking at him, but yep. Coach was able to, you know, sell a dream to him, come to Iowa, be a part of something great. Coach has a way of his words to be able to have people believe in what he has mm-hmm. going for. Um, these players and you gotta give them a lot of credit man because i'm i doubt there was a lot of schools looking at that kid and mm-hmm. he's just a he's a beast to be able to do what he did on the road at creighton yeah fran you can definitely tell he uh he sees something in people and he knows how to develop uh if you know people can complain about postseason success or whatnot but i mean we've been there and had a chance he's he's uh and this is where i feel like my growth as a human being is happening now because i used to be a jerk talking about it but now I'm saying like, hey, we've been there. We got a chance. You've seen guys develop, and uh, and yeah, what what uh, Cricky played like last night. You know that was great. And like you said, you know probably not a lot of people were looking at him. And Kate, did you hear Casey Jacobson talking about it at halftime? Yeah. Other games saying, I wish I would have played for him. I'd average thirty a game. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> See, um, even, even no, you said Cricky. I didn't even know that's how you pronounce it. I said his name wrong. That's how old I am. I don't even know yeah. how to. What's the player's name? Crikey. Crikey sounds more fun because that's kind of like Crikey. <laughs> but I think it's Cricky maybe. I don't know for sure. I should probably figure that out before we butcher it all season long. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> the announcers um, on ESPN and CBS, they butcher names left and right. So I think we have our our uh, free passes. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, boy, I, took, uh, I just took some notes about – certain players and thoughts about the game um you want to hop into some of these yeah let's do it and feel free to stop me if you have more stuff but i uh the uh well before i get into some individual players that the second half poor start i feel like i feel like that happens a lot recently is there uh is there an idea that you think you have of like why that happens is it a halftime adjustment thing do we just tend to come out cold and there's really no answer for it or is it just McDermott sees something and and uh, he knows how to you know open things up in the second half? Why is that? Because that was brutal. I mean, we got back in the game at the end, but boy, I think we were down thirteen pretty quickly. 
Yeah, and those four, those first four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half were really important to shape the half of the game. And you can kind of see the writing the roll. I, I could anyway because I've played in these games. I know, okay, Creighton didn't shoot that well from three in the first half. I mean, you just saw that they were gonna they were gonna start hitting some shots, and mm-hmm. they did that to start the game. I think they first six minutes there or five minutes of the second half there was seven to seven from the field four for four from three and had seven assists as a as a team in the first six five or six minutes of the first second half so mm-hmm. you could kind of see the right in the wall if you, you watch enough basketball games and been a part of them just to see that you know they're out they're at home against uh basically it's not in state game but it, it kind of felt like it they were gonna come out far in the second half just because you know they're probably being bitched at by I don't know if I was allowed to say. I don't think I've ever said the B word on Iowa Everywhere well, podcast. First time for everything, buddy. I have to bleep that one out. But <laughs> <laughs> I got in my I got in my basketball talk, and all of a sudden, it just slipped out there. But I uh, think I've heard some of the other shows throw out an F word before. So yeah, okay, well, sorry, Chris. <laughs> um, anyway, I think yeah. I obviously those first four minutes of the second half are really important, but. Um, the more you can limit the runs in those types of games, especially when you're playing against another high-powered offensive team, because you know everyone, Iowa fans know how Iowa is. They if they go on a two-minute hot streak, they can go up 20-25 in a hurry. Yep. That's just how they are. So they have to kind of use that as their advantage. And I think Fran has always been really good about that. Obviously, there's games where you just can't do anything about it, but um, that was one of those times where you can kind of just see that they're waiting to make that. Mm-hmm to go up 13 15 yeah and i mean and honestly look at the i know creighton lost nemhard but man they pretty much brought everyone back they are as veteran as veteran comes super experienced and so i don't think iowa we should hang their head too hard on that because they did hang around and didn't get blown out and still you know kind of had a chance at the end so um all right some individual player notes here let's get rolling i uh peyton sanford i tell you what this guy has a chance to be a household name in the country in college basketball, in my opinion. He is, uh, I think he can dribble, he can shoot. Uh, he was playing some good help defense, I noticed in the beginning. And he's got, I, don't, I think he's about six, eight. And so for a shooter and slash wing, you know, he's got that big size to hop down low and help too when we're going against teams with bigs. And uh, man, he's just, uh, boy, he's got a quick release. And he's, when he gets hot and gets going, uh, he's, He's someone to to look out for. I hope he's I hope he's okay with that fall he took and his shoulder and head kind of hit and everything. But not having him for a long stretch definitely didn't help. But I uh, I like what I'm seeing out of Peyton to start the year for sure. Yeah, my my thing with him and I've I've had several talks with him last year when he was kind of going through some rough patches in the season and mm-hmm. he, he was you know mature enough to reach out to me and just ask for kind of some advice and leadership yes. principles and. I thought so highly of that because not a lot of people are willing to do that, to go off to pass people to see what, mm-hmm. what they did to, you know, learn from. But um, he is kind of like a little brother to me, I guess you could kind of yeah. say. I just, you know, <laughs> I, I've tried to t- take him under my wing when he was there because I thought, he, you know, he could be someone really, really special. Like you said, my yeah. thing with him is he needs to learn how to use his shot to his advantage. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is he needs to be able to create way more open looks because of how quick he shoots the ball, because of how deep he can shoot the ball, and because of how good of a shooter he is. Right now, I mean, you saw 
for one example, at the end of the game, he he fired a three right off a ball screen real quick and got fouled. That's the stuff I'm talking about. You got to be able to use your shot to advantage. You know, I wasn't always a, the, the most athletic guy, as you know, as everyone knows, but I was able to get to the foul line a lot because I was able to use my shot to my advantage. So, you yes, know, sir. Peyton should be looking at his shot. You know, man, I could get to the foul line four, six, eight times a game because I'm that lethal from three-point line because they're going to be all over me. So that's something – he he, I, I, he knows that, but he needs to start applying that to the game a lot more. And that's when he's going to start averaging 20, 25 points a game because he has the capability of doing that. And that's when it, that's going to happen is when he starts using that to his advantage. Well, that's a that's a great breakdown. I like that. I like that you're uh, chatting with him. If anyone has has gone through it and knows uh, knows how to come out the other side better, it is you. So that fires me up. I was wondering if you had a relationship. I know some of the guys on the team, obviously you do, but I didn't know about him. Um, so we talked about Cricky. I'm going to call him that. Creaky, whatever. We're, whatever. Crocky. Crocky, there we go. Uh, so I wrote down, he is a, like myself, I survived on when I played high school. We're not talking college here. High school is where I peaked. Uh, we're talk. I was fundamentals and rebounding. And so I wrote, uh, Cricky is a fundamentals dream player. He's got the mid range. He's a good screen. I loved how he was setting screens and he'd use his body to set the screen. And when the shooter rubbed off him, he'd just, you know, hand him the ball for the nice quick open three. That was a great move. I love that. And I, if teams focus on him, like they did, obviously he's probably not Luca Garza, but if teams got to worry about getting out on him, it's going to create more space for drives and, and stuff for guards in the middle. But, um, you know, maybe that's what I saw, but maybe that's not the best thing, according to you. If you want your big out there 18 feet or something, maybe that's not the best thing for the team. Yeah, no, I mean, you're exactly right. The more you can get your big guys involved in the Coach McCaffrey offense, the more your guards are going to excel. But also there's the opposition point where the guards need to be able to get the big guys involved. What did Brock Harding do? I love Brock Harding's game. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to clean up just a little couple things here or there to be able to be a, a really really great point guard that the iowa team needs desperately right now what are they relying on they're lo- relying a lot of the big first doing the stuff right now which mm-hmm. it can work in circumstances where you can make the the 18 foot twos and be okay with it in the short term but we need to be able to have desante and brock you know really bring the ball up as fast as they can like fran is urging them to get down into the paint as quick as possible off a transition from the point guard and really probing the paint to be able to get the ball into the paint where they want the ball. If they want the ball at the 17 foot line and they're going to rely on that, it's going to be a long season for Iowa, as we already talked about, but the Mm -hmm. more the point guards and guards can push the ball up the floor, like they're taught to and get the ball into the, onto the block as quick as possible. And I'm talking about within the 27 second, 28 second mark in the shot clock, that's going to be huge for the Iowa offense because that's what they rely on. It's getting the ball in the paint, working inside to outside. And the more you score on the inside, the more the outside opens up because everyone starts, you know, focusing on the big guys. And that's how it's always been when I was there. I know it's changed a little bit, but I think that's how they're going to be successful this year. Right on. One thing I did notice about him that I loved is he was a pretty uh, – he's a good passer out of the post at getting that ball out to open wings and stuff or guards that were cutting. So it's nice to see that. That is a that is a huge component. Big guys who can pass, man. That's It's very important. Um, DeSante Bowen, that guy is quick. He is fast. I like him and Perkins out there. Um, 
in the front court with some wing defense for us. They do, uh, you know, I feel like they have the potential to bring us, you know, some of the best front court defense we've had in a while. Um, but one thing I don't, I'm not a huge fan of is when they're so, when they have the speed advantage. So him and Perk are so fast that they get by guys, but then instead of stopping and shooting the mid range or a little floater, you keep keep driving and a lot of times get blocked down low and it kind of kills what could have been a kick out open three or an open, uh, you know, a little 10 foot floater. Um, I'm not a huge, uh, as a post player, obviously I got to complain about guards. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of continuing to drive and then get swatted in the land of the trees. I wish they'd pull up a little sooner. Um, in some of those instances we saw last night. Yeah, no, those are great points because that touches on goes in perfect transition. What we just talked about beforehand and transition because Iowa is heavily in the transition game. Mm-hmm. So those guards need to push it as fast as they can whether you like to hear that or not, oh, yeah. but they need to jump stop or slow down right at once they get and all the defenders start collapsing on them. What was I taught when I was at Iowa? We get the ball as far out as possible, make or miss. I catch the ball at the half court line or opposing three or a three point line. And I push it a million miles an hour right to the three point line or right to the free throw line. Because what does that do? That scrambles the defense within the first two to four seconds. So everyone starts collapsing on the point guard so there's all Mm -hmm. these openings you make one pass they're already in help defense mode where they're able you know they have to work in transition defense instead of you know when you play wisconsin you're you don't want to be in a set defensive you know grind out with them because that's what they want to do so the more the point guards are able to do that on top of your point and slow down and jump stop the more attention they're gonna you know uh, gather from everyone else yeah and also, when you play Wisconsin, you want to wear a nut cup. Yeah, I mean, that's a given. <laughs> that's a given. <laughs> um, Pat, I uh, first of all, Pat looks like he's bulked up a little bit. He's looking a little stronger. Um, I wish he would have drove more. I wish he would have been more aggressive. It's, when he drives, he's kind of got that funky off-balance shot, but he makes it work. And uh, he, was get, he was drawing some fouls and stuff. I wish he would have been a little more aggressive and driving to the hoop and stuff. But maybe it was... Uh, letting the younger guys and new guys feel it out a little bit thing for him. But um, I thought Pat could have been a little more aggressive. Yeah, this is one of these – it's funny in these types of games because everyone's kind of – you you know who the guys are before season because if you practice and you're with everyone, obviously, as a team and um, all this stuff for hours on end leading up to these types of games. But just from my experience, you, you start to learn – who are going to be the guys this year based off these big time games. So I'm not saying anything about Pat not being the guy or pay not being the guy, but mm-hmm. this game was a lot telling of who's going to be the guys that are stepping up for the big time games. Obviously mm-hmm. it's going to change from game on to, to game in the game out, but Pat, you're right. Pat dude does need to be more aggressive and he knows that too. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, and this is, this is probably something he's already in the film room hearing right now from his dad or from Mm -hmm. assistant coaches so he does because they need more offensive threats out there to be able to have the success they want to do because what has Iowa always had they've had three four or five guys that score in double figures I think they only had three last night they probably needed four or five to be able to win that game Mm -hmm. I know it's they they gave up 92 but they had every right to win that game as well if they had a couple more guys step up yeah yeah my uh I guess my, my overall thoughts is like, is it, um, there's going to be games where obviously we give up, you know, in the 60s and 70s, but 
early my early thoughts watching this team, and obviously we're going to know a lot more as the season goes. Is I'm okay if we. It looks like we'll be fine if we give up in around the mid 70s, maybe even 80. That we're going to win a lot of those games because of the offense. And so I know, like, we go from Iowa football where we win with defense, and you know it's a nice change of pace. We might uh, win a lot of games with offense in basketball. Yeah, I. It's it's just so funny how these seasons always end up being the same exact way. I know we're talking. <laughs> We're talking some different players, some different teams, but man, this is a Coach McCaffrey team. You know what's going to happen. They're going to yep. put up 80, 85 a game. They're probably going to give up 75 to 82 a game. That's just how the numbers are going to work. Big 10, what's, what's going to happen? Team that wins 14 to 15 games in Big 10 season, they're going to win the Big 10 title. It's the yep. same thing every single time. Is there exceptions? Yeah, there are. There's teams like, you know, Michigan State will just go off and they'll go 19 and one in the Big Ten. But this is looking like another year where, man, if you can get to that 12 to 14, 12, 11, even 10, 10 to 14 mm-hmm. range in the Big Ten, you're looking at a potential double buy for the Big Ten tournament. Yes, and sir. We all know how big that is to be able to not play four games in four days or five games in five days and make a run on state tournament. So, we know how this season is going to shape up, but all these fancy analysts and all these people like Chris asshole will say all their thoughts and stuff. <laughs> it's going to be the same thing every single year. It's just how it works out. It's the same coaches for the most part. They're going to run the same exact stuff. The yep. teams are going to run the same exact stuff. It's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, we can, and if you have more thoughts, otherwise we can wrap up, uh, some basketball talk. I, uh, a lot of season to go. My overall thoughts is that so I had uh, I told a lot of friends and stuff in the offseason. I said, don't just write this off as a under 500 guaranteed season. I you might be surprised. We bring back Perkins and we got Pat. We have some veterans and some leadership and Sanford will be good. My overall thoughts is that I like what I see so far. It's early. There's going to be some growing pains, but I don't see why Iowa can't be, you know, in the upper echelon of the big 10 upper half, you know, get to the tournament and then see what happens in March. I I'm, I'm kind of pleased right now with what I've seen. Obviously it's early. And speaking of the offense, Iowa, by the way, uh, has hit the over every time Yep. yep. On, on the line. And so football bet the under basketball bet the over. Yep. <laughs> I think, uh, I lost my train of thought here, but you're right. Always bet the over. That's always a smart, yeah. bet, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing, too, is can we please not both fan bases, Iowa State, too, and Iowa. If any of our teams are successful later down the road and something detrimental happens where they lose a buzzer beater or they get blown out by a really solid team at the end of the year, but they exceeded expectations. I know people hate to hear that. I know. I know they hate to hear that. But some teams, they have only some certain thresholds they can break. And, yes, are there exceptions like there always is? Of course, just like mm-hmm. the certain Cinderella teams and all the NCAA tournaments. But please, can we not just shit on everyone <laughs> if there is a detrimental end to this season? Because if they're able to make the NCAA tournament, that is a huge success for this team. Because yeah. of how young this team is. It's I, I know that's another excuse, but it's the facts. I mean, they were playing four freshmen and a sophomore. You're not going to win a lot of games having four freshmen and a sophomore in the game. Mm-hmm. But 
they need to do that because they need to play. They need to know how this game works. Right on. Um, you, uh, I think we need to give you, we need to do some critiques quick. You can give your maybe accountability minute about the refs if you have any thoughts. Um, and, but my one critique is, is Owen Freeman. You look like you have a great game. I love you, buddy. Would love to know you and be your friend and talk to you someday about basketball. I don't know if I'm a big fan of the Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World haircut. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know, I have, I've had some bad haircuts in my life. But... <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh, and we got, we got to get, we got to get that figured out. I, I agree with you. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what, I don't know if that was a fade or a taper or a high tape. I'm not sure what that was. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not either, but so he's a great kid. Met, yeah. know, him, know him well, know his dad, know his family. Great kid. Bad on. Yep. And as long as you keep playing good, you know what? Who cares what the hair looks like? Yep. Exactly. However, I mean, Courtney Green, Courtney Green has a little bit of hair. Woo. But this will be a great transition because this is my accountability minute. Here we how, go. How in the heck do we get Corny Green the first big game of the year? I know the officials are not the reasons you lose games. I've said that 9,000 times, 9 million times actually, Adam. <laughs> I say it all the time. They're not the reason why teams lose games. Yep. They are a factor in why teams lose games. Mm-hmm. There is a big difference. You, Everyone that critiques me when I critique officials, there's a big difference. Just like the Iowa-Minnesota game. Was that the only reason why they lost the game? Nope. No. But was that a factor? Absolutely. How can mm-hmm. you say it wasn't? That was mm-hmm. a huge factor. Same thing with Corner Green. This guy has completely not only pissed off Iowa fans, but completely mm-hmm. – ruin seasons because of how bad he is at officiating and again adam what's going to happen when they're these officials obviously nothing bad happened last night was there bad calls both ways yes mm-hmm. probably because according to Greenby on the officiating crew <laughs> yes yep but i don't know this guy has been had his hand in so i mean you just look up his history his history as a ref adam on his calls he's had just look up videos. He has ruined so many games just in the past two years. Mm-hmm. And not just Iowa games. Not just Iowa games. And he is still getting big-time games without any accountability from mm-hmm. these officials. That's my only problem. I will continue to say I always have this accountability minute for as long as we do this podcast. I will always talk about this. There needs to be accountability for these officials because what? There isn't. So what mm-hmm. happens? They keep making the same exact mistakes yep. year on and year out. Yeah, you get some, what do you get, like a, a report a couple of games later and said, well, they probably could have done better. That was actually the wrong call. Well, it doesn't matter now. <laughs> They're going right. to keep doing it, and you're just going to keep putting out reports that only further piss off the people that are already mad and know yeah. that their calls are bad. So, Yep. I know th- this uh, one, this kind of, I've been meaning to talk about this, but I haven't really had a, platform yet like we do now to the talk about yours, buddy you know i've had a lot of local officials high school middle school officials dm me about my takes on officiating yeah <laughs> my thing is i appreciate the hell out of high school middle school any officials below college yeah why is that? Because you are doing that. You're not making it for the money. You're doing nope. that because you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the crap out of that. I don't want anyone to ever think I'm just ripping officials in general. I am ripping certain officials that have not had accountability. 
and I'm ripping certain officials because they need to have accountability because there's no accountability. That's the only thing I'm getting at. And that's at the college level and professional level. Why am I ripping those people? Because that's their job for the most part, because they're getting paid a lot of money to be able to do what they're doing. So yes, I am going to be very, very critical of those people. So I wanted, I wanted to make that separation. Well, we all need accountability in this world, don't we? I need to be held, I need to be held accountable for what a d bag I was on social media back in the day. <laughs> we live and we learn. We do. Um, I just want to I want to mention Terraplex Ag one more time. You should check them out if you want to make your life easier on the farm with their awesome drones and technology they're using for farming. And uh, and speaking of farming, you and I have chatted that it might be fun to do a Adam's Ag Minute or something every episode just to. Those in Iowa who obviously know what farming is, but maybe aren't super involved or are curious as to what goes on throughout the week of a, in the life of a farmer that I could give a little update on what's going on on my farm. Oh, absolutely. I, w- I was hoping we'd get into this because seriously, I'm not even being sarcastic or anything. I, I think it's so important just for to not only our difference of personalities, but what you do is awesome. I think a lot of people out there in Iowa are doing the same thing, but you have a platform to be able to do something and say say about everything that's happening. The crazy stories you've already sent me, Adam, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I like I mentioned, I'm a cattle farmer. So I guess our life right now on the farm, we finished up harvest a few days ago. Um, and we're in the thick of, chop. we chop all of our corn stalks and we do corn stalk bales. So we can have uh, feed for to add to the silage and stuff for the cattle throughout the winter. Because you got to have, you don't want to feed cattle too much straight hay and silage and corn, because they won't be able to digest it well if they're getting all that heavy, dense kind of sweet feed in them. So you got to have some roughage. It gets in there to help break stuff up so they don't bloat and they can poop easier and stuff essentially. Because what comes out the back end goes back out into the field to help the stuff grow that goes in the mouth and then eventually comes out the back end again. It's the circle of life with cattle. It's beautiful. Yep. It is beautiful. And let me tell you that it might stink, but what comes out the butt is gold. It helps things grow very well. Um, so yeah, we're doing corn stock bales. I weaned my calves a couple weeks ago. Finally, all the, the bellowing and whining and crying from the moms and the babies has stopped. You want to, the reason we do that is because, when they're about, so they'd be about five months old now, roughly six months, seven months old. The cow is already bred and starting to grow a new calf inside of it. And so you got to get its current calf off of it so it stops sucking the milk because the cow's body is constantly working to produce milk and nutrients. And if the calf that it currently has on the ground is sucking the milk, then it's taking away the energy that the cow needs to grow a healthy, good baby inside of it. And so that's why we wean them. Um, very, very loud and annoying, though, for a few days when you do that. They are, imagine being, you know, two two years old, a, a year old maybe, and wanting milk from your mother, and she's nowhere to be found. After a while, you get over it, but at first you're, Mom, where are you? <laughs> that's kind of like devastating to see, I bet, too. It is. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of sad, yes. Yeah. It is kind of sad, but uh, boy, I tell you what, when you eat them eventually, you forget all about it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> There's I'm not, a lot of people that probably didn't like I said that. I'll be honest. I've had a lot of meat in my life, Adam, but your meat, sure? your meat, Adam, that's some good meat. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Better some beef, baby. 
the the bra i'm not even joking that those brats you gave me were unbelievable i've never yeah. I, those were the best brats i've ever had my mom says it all the time those were the best brats we've ever had in our life well, I appreciate it. And like I said the other day, I'm getting a I'm getting a whole cow back. So I do a whole I butcher a whole cow every other year for myself and then I buy a whole hog from a buddy every year to butcher. But in April, I'm getting my beef back and I think for next year's company Christmas party, we need to all get together for Iowa Everywhere uh, Christmas party and I'm going to do Pedersen steaks for everyone. Yep. And I can rub Chris Williams' bald head. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So there you go. There's your, your ag minute, uh, sponsored by Terraplex ag. We'll say that a uh, beautiful sponsor for Iowa everywhere. We do appreciate them. All right. Let's get into a, a little bit of football talk here before we, before we end this baby Hawks are having a, uh, a typical Hawkeye year, aren't they? I, I don't know about, I, we, like I said about bass, we talked about it a little bit. I am having a complete blast of watching <laughs> this team this year. And yeah, I know buddy. that's going to go completely opposite of everyone, right, Adam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But I don't know, man. I, I'm enjoying of how – I guess how much noise has been dis- trying to distract this team. And what do they do? They show up. They realistically are 9-1. and one. Yep. They just show up and work. And, I mean – when you're a coach like Kirk, Kirk, here's what I'll say about the Ferentz family. Mm-hmm. Anyone that knows the story, I mean, Kirk sent me, Kirk was actually on staff when my dad was, um, that was his first year at Iowa. My, when my dad was at Iowa, Kirk's first year, was at, he was at Iowa too. Yeah. So they've known each other a long time. And we we're, we know that family really well. They are a phenomenal family. What they've been able to do with the Iowa community deserves to be talked about for years and decades and centuries on end because they right. have completely carried on the Hayden Fry legacy, which the Hayden Fry legacy, as everyone knows, he completely changed the, the tide of Iowa football program. And mm-hmm. he has a lot to do with what where the program is now. And what Ferris has been able to do, I, I've hated – I know not all Iowa fans are like this. I know not all Iowa fans are crazy – that I've been reading on social media, but Kirk and even Brian and the whole Ferentz family deserve to be appreciated and applauded for everything that they've been able to do off the football field and on the football field. Mm-hmm. You look at Brian alone. I know I'm ranting a little bit here, Adam, but take it away, uh, buddy. You look at Brian. I mean, he was a phenomenal football player at Iowa, phenomenal mm-hmm. football player. And he was a huge, you no know, success at Iowa. Is, is there flaws with him? Sure there is. There's flaws with everyone. But um, my thing is they're 8-2 right now. They have a chance to still win the Big Ten title game after all the craziness. How many people out there, Adam, that are fans of other teams would die to be in this position right now? Yes. Pretty much everyone. Everyone. Yep. Everyone would be. Yeah. It was. Is there flaws? Yes. But, man, they are so much fun to watch because of – as crazy and negative as everything has been, how they've made able to make everything a positive. And that is a yep. huge reflection on the leadership in that locker room with Kirk, with Brian. You go down the line with all the assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. That's that's their team. That's the reason why they're 8-2. and two. Mm-hmm. And I know we're not football players here, but, I mean, I can see a leader, you know, from far away. I mean, oh, yeah. Brian Brian might be, a, a, a you know, not okay on the offensive calling, but – I mean, you, there's a great argument to say he's a great leader because because he's been able to 
you know, formerly an A and two. He's a part of an A two team right now. Yeah, yeah, man. I uh, I've been known in my uh, my circles of friends and stuff back here in old Northwest Iowa as a Brian Ferentz apologist. So I do have. I mean, there's times where I'm like, boy, that maybe wasn't the greatest, but. I'm a big proponent of uh, your players got to perform too. There's been times where the plays have been there to be made and the players didn't deliver. Um, but boy, like I love Kirk Ferentz, that guy, you can, like you said, you can spot a leader from far away. All the stuff Iowa football has gone through in the last few years, man. Like, can you imagine if we didn't have a leader like him, if we didn't have a culture in place, like he's put in place to sur- survive that. And honestly, like, kind of keep thriving in it um and uh yeah maybe the offense is a little outdated and we need some tweaks here and there and it maybe doesn't need a ton of tweaks but boy i think people are going to realize someday when he's not here wow we had it pretty darn good it's it's man look at wisconsin it's tough to shake things up and think your culture will just continue to go and like things will get better it's not always the grass is not always greener and uh the man, the man in the arena always has a chance. That's the saying. And if Iowa can take care of business, they'll be there in Indy. And who knows? Who knows? You could shock the world. Maybe Deacon Hill, QB sneaks for 100 yards rushing that game. Well, the other thing, too, we didn't talk about. I mean, everything you said is perfect. But the, they don't have, they're don't. they missing their star quarterback. They're missing a couple of tight ends. They're missing mm-hmm. – um, um, is Logan still – I don't remember if he's, if he's still hurt or not. But – uh, he he went out about halfway through the last game again. Still yeah. kind of got reactivated a little, right? So I mean, they're missing so many guys a part of the team that that those are key. Those are guys that impact the offense heavily. And I know they're they're not. Per- Brian is not perfect. There is a case. I'm not saying anything about. I know there's other people out there saying how um, you can't say anything nice about Brian because he's doing such a shitty job. I get it. He's not doing the best job, but mm-hmm. man, is he putting a winning team out there? You can say what they want. They're winning football games at mm-hmm. the end of the day. That's what it comes down to. And you're right. You look at Wisconsin, man. They've they had how many head coaches changes in the last 20 years? Yep. Yep. You look at Iowa. They've had the same coach, the same coach. And look at the record compared to Wisconsin and Iowa through the years. Yep. It's astronomical. Anyone would die for the, the state of the program where it's at right now. Yep. And I tell you what, I'm, uh, I'm, it's, you know, it's, I'm excited for next year. I hope, uh, you know, I, I wish Brian well, I hope he goes and has great success with whatever he does in his life. I'm excited for next season. If the right OC comes in and a few tweaks that we need are made, um, in the right direction, look out. Cause Iowa, they're going to lose some guys on defense, but they're going to bring back a lot on offense. And I know I'm an O-line nerd. I, love watching offensive line play. I was an offensive lineman myself, had a chance to go play offensive line um, football in college, decided to pass it up and go waste five years partying at UNI, but it is what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, I there has been some struggles. There's been some times where I, like, completely, like, was like, what in the world are they doing? Like, that's a basic block we learned in, like, junior high. But they do bring pretty much all the old linemen back next year and – we can say what we want. If they put them in a scheme that's good, they have a ton of experience. And the right OC in a couple of tweaks here and there could be, and, you know, Ferentz still leading the helm and understanding clock management and how to how to lead a program and the culture and how much players love him and buy in. 
it might not be as bleak going into the new Big Ten as people think. Um, that's my take. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, and I'm saying that for the first time ever on a big platform, so I probably need to be uh, ready for some pushback on social media, but I don't care. That's my opinion. I think we might surprise people next year and be better than what people think in the new Big Ten. I, I mean, I, I'm totally agreeing with that, just based off the leadership. I mean, leadership is such a huge proponent, as we already talked about, but um, I'm hoping this isn't Kirk's last year. I have a feeling that it might – I don't know. I, I just got a weird vibe from everything that's going on that it, it might be. But um, when it's all said and done, he deserves to be, you know, a statue built for him. He deserves to be yep. a hero in the state of Iowa because of what he's been able to do for this program, just like Hayden Fry was. He's changed so many lives on the football field and off the field from players he had and even just fans. Look at the Children's Hospital, the – yeah, the Iowa Wave, like everything they do, man, it's just first class. The Ferentz family, and I don't care what you say about bad about Brian or anything, off the field, they are phenomenal people, and they are everything right about this state and how people are in the state of Iowa because they represent who we are. You know, just everyday people that just work hard and they show that on the field with their players. Yeah, they work hard and they care about what they do and they love each other. I mean, isn't that what yeah. the whole Iowa population is? But that's what it's not- about. Maybe I'm dude, just wrong, but <laughs> hey, just you let her rip, buddy. And dude, like, aside from OC and what people think about that, look at the staff Iowa football has, dude. LeVar Woods, best special teams coach in the country. Phil Park, best defensive coordinator in the country. Uh, Liddell Betts and Abdul are doing great in their position. Seth Wallace is incredible. I mean, Polisek was there, and now he's at another school, but he was so awesome at Iowa. And uh, Kelvin Bell, I'm sure I'm missing some, but my goodness. Like the guy knows how to put together a staff too. So I hope moving forward, like, you know, your assistance is such a huge part of your success. I hope whenever he does hang it up or what happens next year, moving forward, we still have, you know, all those guys around in place that help with the culture and the success. Cause that's so important. And Holy cow. Can the guy put together a staff? Really can. And that says a lot. Like how it's one thing to be a leader, it's another thing, Adam, to create a leader. And mm-hmm. what has Kirk done? What did Hayden Fry do? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the coaches that was under Hayden Fry that went to yeah. be head coaches and leaders. Crazy. So it's insane. Yep. Those are those are true coaches right there. The ones that coach so well, they pr- they promote other coaches to be head coaches. Mm-hmm. And that's just it's just mind boggling how much has gone through the last fifty plus years, forty plus years at Iowa for coaches alone it's incredible yes sir well i'm gonna be at the game in illinois hopefully to watch or against illinois in iowa city to hopefully watch the hawks clinch the big 10 west uh are you gonna be there i am not unfortunately i know Mm. we talked about it i'm not tears i haven't really been but back to iowa city much actually i don't even think i've been i've been one time let's get Uh, to some basketball games together this winter what do you say about that yeah, I need to. It's it's weird, dude. Like once I was done with Iowa, and I, I know we're about to end here, but once I was done with Iowa, I was like, obviously I'm gonna be the biggest fan ever. But I was kind of just wanting to step away for a little bit and just enjoy life. And sure, because I was I was around that area for so much of my years for fifteen thousand mm-hmm. years, as everyone says. <laughs> you and Jess settles, right? Right. right. <laughs> no, that's understandable. Um, You'll in 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 your timing when it feels right, you get back there. Um, 
hopefully we'll be there together at some events and uh we can make a, a cornfield combo sitting mm. courtside at a hawkeye game how about that you better never ever stop doing those yep. those are those are fantastic anyone <laughs> that's wondering what we're talking about go follow adam on his social media he posts these cornfield combos they are hilarious you yeah need, everyone needs to watch them yeah i like to give people a little comedic insight into the world of farming and it's not always in a cornfield but i'm usually on the farm or i'll be somewhere else but i just like to give a little behind the curtain look at what it's like on the farm and going on and in my life um so check it out yeah check out the cornfield combos on uh, i post them on instagram under my name uh just search for adam Pedersen and twitter and all that stuff i think you guys will like them so all right and speaking of uh us um social media here make sure to follow i'll throw this in there quick follow iowa everywhere they're on facebook instagram i still like to call it twitter i guess it's x x whatever you don't call it twitter all right it's on x and uh tiktok youtube where you can watch these episodes uh i believe that purple thing is that apple Podcasts? oh yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) i i watch uh uh, or I'm a, I'm a Spotify guy. That's where I listen to things. So yeah, an Apple podcast, Spotify, everywhere you get your pods, uh, check out the Iowa everywhere stuff. And we also want to close out the episode here by plugging the Iowa event center, a wonderful sponsor of Iowa everywhere and all of our podcasts and shows, um, all sorts of awesome concerts and events they have. And, uh, let's see here coming up some big ones, December, 18, I'm going to save that one for last. It's exciting. I'm going to tell you that one last. January 25th, you can go see Disturbed. If you're in, I believe it's a crazy rock scene. I feel like we used to listen to them when I lifted in high school in the weight room. <laughs> so go check out Disturbed. Uh, get some screaming on. Cat Williams is on May 10th. You can see him at the Iowa Event Center. Hilarious, um, hilarious uh, comedian. I think he has the poor little ting ting mm-hmm. bit, yep. which is hilarious. Um, Cody Johnson, country singer, see him on May 17th at the Iowa Event Center. Fallout Boy is going to be on April 3rd. Oh man, Fallout Boy, that takes me back to the early days of college. And I wanted to save this one for last because it ties into something I wanted to bring up. On December 18th, WWE Monday Night Raw is coming to the Iowa Event Center. I was a massive wrestling fan. Why does that not surprise me? Oh my gosh, dude. I would do, me and my friends would have wrestling matches in the front yard. We do tables, ladders, and chair matches. One time my buddy had his hair bleach blonde and another one of my friends like suplex him into the grass, grass stained his freshly bleach blonde hair. Uh-huh. My buddy wanted to murder him with his green grass stain in his hair. Oh my gosh. I would, I'd be on the rack. We used to have a, uh, a hay baler that threw the bales into the air onto the rack. Now we just have one that you kind of grab it out and you drag it to the back. But as those bales were flying through midair, I'd grab them and put them in a rock bottom oh. or like a undertaker tombstone. I'd, re- I'd, I'd do wrestling moves on the hay bale. I'm such a, I'm such a loser, but no, I loved wrestling. And I grew up in the attitude era, which is for my money, the golden era of WWE that was, wrestling. That was like the, the hair straight down over the eyes wearing oh, yeah. all black hair i feel like oh yeah that you grew up in i did i it was the fashion was so terrible when i was growing up but you know what we look back on it fondly the 90s mm-hmm. i'm a 90s kid through and through um yeah 90s was a great time in the attitude era of wrestling whew, can't be beat jim ross out there calling mankind is dead 
as God is my witness, he is broken in half. <laughs> when Undertaker throws him off the cell. <laughs> Maybe you you have to catch me up on. I'm not I'm not big in wrestling at all, so you have to you have to catch me up in all these. That's fair. Topics. Probably makes you a lot cooler than me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> eh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> and I okay, so I brought up wrestling. It's a physical sport. There's slapping and hitting that goes on. Have you seen this slap fighting league? Unreal. Yes, unreal. Dude, it's I don't I don't I don't think I like it. I think it's the dumbest thing die. on earth, but it's also kind of entertaining. Someone's someone's gonna die from from it. Any sport where you have to shove gauze into your ear, and this whole side of your face like swells up to three times its original size. You got to put gauze in your ear so you don't lose your hearing and rupture an eardrum. I'm not sure if that's the smartest thing for you to be doing. They love doing it, so you gotta you gotta hand it to them. No pun intended. Oh, <laughs> bazinga, dude! I oh, whatever. Some of those guys, if that's what they love, so be it. Uh, I'm kind of an aggressive psychopath is what I've been known by, uh, by a lot of my friends and people that have known me. No way you're going to catch me slap fighting. I'm <laughs> running for my life. If one of those guys comes after me with an open palm, not a chance on my end, not a chance. <laughs> uh, all right. You got anything else, buddy? I don't, I don't think so. I appreciate everyone listening. I know this is going to be, um, a lot of fun moving yes. forward. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I do appreciate that. And like I said, you, Williams, Hassel, John, whoever's in charge of making decisions at Iowa ever, I'm very happy that you took a chance on me. I am all in on helping this blow up and making people, uh, you know, shining a light on Iowa and making people realize how awesome we are here in the Midwest. So check out Iowa everywhere and all the social medias. Follow me and Jordan. Um, and until next episode, let's uh, hey, let's uh, let's let's keep making memes. All right. Hey, let's keep <laughs> making memes, baby. I love it. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Iowa everywhere.